You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 126. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Today, we are talking to two fabulous people, Mm. and they have a very common story that we see, right? When we talk to folks, we hear all the time about couples who embarked on their non-monogamous journey, and then it went kaput, right? So they put it on hold, And then it creeps back around. And that's something that we hear very often, right? That folks go through these periods of times where they had a rough start, they kind of put a pause on it, but then one or both people recognize that this is something they have to do. Yeah, one thing we have to, like, that's always really interesting to me, and I think, you know, to other people we shared, is who we work with, right? Like, when we're helping people transform their relationships, who do we work with? About 50% of the people we work with are people who have been non-monogamous for a while and they're just running into relationship challenges and they need relationship help, right? And that's about 50% of our clients. Mm-hmm. But another, the other 50% of our clients are people who have been together for a long time and then somebody, maybe both, a lot of times one person, discovered that they were non-monogamous. And now they're trying to make that work after years of monogamous relationships and maybe a whole lifetime of monogamous relationships. And a good chunk of those, so maybe about half of those people are like David and Brandy, or at least where David and Brandy were at when they, well, it's a spectrum. Like where one person is much more monogamous, Mm -hmm. right? Either like would prefer monogamy or wouldn't just prefer monogamy in the relationship, but it's like, doesn't even matter if you're polyamorous, I'm still going to be monogamous in this relationship. We call it like polymono couples. Yeah. And I would say, even if it's not necessarily like, I'm only going to be monogamous, it's I'm much more motivated not to change our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I was like considering non-monogamy and that was something that sounds kind of appealing, I'm much more motivated to kind of stay in our monogamous relationship. And here's what I love about David and Brandy's story, right? Because a lot of you are in this spot. And besides just being amazing humans uh, who completely put their relationship first, completely did the work, completely turned things around, one lesson here that I think is really important that you'll take away as we go through is... And Cassie and I talk about this a lot of times. You know, the non-monogamy community, I think we do ourselves a disservice because as a whole, the non-monogamy community a lot of times likes to put out this like idea that it should be easy to move into non-monogamy from monogamy. And for most people, it's not, right? And what you can see sometimes in these relationships is where the relationship actually, besides the non-monogamy, has been going perfectly smoothly. And this is the case David and Brandy were in. Um, And this isn't always the case, like, 
a lot of times they're trying to navigate, people are trying to navigate the non-monogamy and the relationship has had problems for a while. But you also see people like David and Brandy where even though the relationship between them is smooth, they still aren't suddenly able to make that shift. And when they, they try and bring in the non-monogamy, they still run into challenges. But David and Brandy are superheroes who worked through that. And hearing their stories definitely for any of you who are in a similar spot of discovering non-monogamy further down the road going to be enormously helpful for you. And that's why we wanted to have them on. So without further ado, let's introduce this amazing team that have shown up so well and just our beautiful people, David and Brandy. All right. So today, everybody, we're talking to David and Brandy. Hello, you two. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, Mm. you guys too. So, yeah, I was graduated, what, a couple of weeks back? been almost a month now right i think so yeah three or four weeks yeah time flies when you're having fun right so we were happy to get you on here like it was so it was so cool like you know you you went through and you were like the uh, cast and i were always joking like you were always like always quiet and always like winning right <laughs> so it's it's, it's <laughs> It's yes. great to be able to pull you on here and uh, yes, high five. <laughs> no, no, you two did amazing, right? And you worked amazingly well as a team through the whole process as well, which is really cool. You know, not 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 everybody, you know, sometimes the team works a, a little more challenging for, for folks coming through. Everybody's got their everybody's got their own places that they struggle and their own places that they do really strong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's awesome being on, be able to talk to you again, talk to you about your progress. We're gonna have a lot of fun. I guess just just to start. We always like chatting, like if you can just, just spend like a minute or two, just tell us kind of about like your relationship, right? Like how long you two have been together, um, you know, kind of the background, like kind of just a little bit of background coming into this, like what you two are looking for relationship wise. And we'll kind of go from there, but how long have you two been together for? How long have you known each other? Uh, since <laughs> high school, <laughs> we started dating my senior year, her junior year, and uh, we got married and been married for 15 years this fall so yeah. this august um so yeah we've known each other over half our lives and we've actually been together over half of that too i mean we've been together for 19 years at this point isn't that awesome like that's that's it cassie and i talk about this too right it's like you got more years together at a certain point than you do like not together not yeah. together oh yeah and look at you, you're still here. So that's awesome. <laughs> I know. So, and, and, and tell me like, remind me a little bit, you know, cause non-monogamous, non-monogamy wise, um, this wasn't like something where you two were, were brand new to non-monogamy kind of coming to the table with us. Right. What's a little bit of the, the, the history with that? Cause I know it wasn't like the newest thing. Well, so, um, a few years ago we were just kind of talking and, like I said, we'd always, we pretty much only dated each other. Like we dated a few other people in high school, but that was like high school dating. And so a few years ago, we were just kind of open up the conversation to be like, well, could we possibly, you know, date other people just to, to kind of get that experience, right? We missed out on that a lot in our 20s. So um, it was about 2018. We started that and the thing of it is, is we knew we were going to move halfway through 2018 from our past city that we lived in. So we, we kind of figured it was a good time to do it because if it didn't work out, then we were moving and we could kind of have like a, a fresh start, (laughs) (laughs) which in some ways was good, but in other ways it kind of put like a, a 
deadline on it, I guess. Like if it didn't work out, then I don't know. I guess we kind of felt rushed. Like we had to get everything in, in those six months. Um, or at least I kind of felt that way. Uh, then we moved and, and we tried it again, tried keep going with the non-monogamy for, uh, a few like, like a year and a half yeah almost. Um, with this other couple and that didn't really work out very well and once that ended COVID hit and I was under the impression we were done with the non-monogamy and Brandy was under the impression we were just on pause until mm-hmm. things started opening back up and so when she met Mike and wanted to date him i had had such a bad experience with everything before I just wanted to try and find a way to do this right and to do it where it would work for everybody. And that's, that's how we met you guys. <laughs> okay. So let me ask David, like when that was going on, what were some of the biggest like fears that you had at the time? I mean, it might be too broad, but I mean, it's just like fear of missing out. Like I figured in our past experience, she always had a much easier time finding people to go out with than I did. And I figured I was either going to miss out on spending time with her or miss out spending time with other people. Um, So it just, I never really had the huge fear that she would, you know, leave me or want this relationship to end or anything. It was more of, I don't know, I probably, I I wasn't sure I would be as happy if we were non-monogamous as I was if we were monogamous. Yeah, and FOMO is a real thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like to say. Um, and, and having that worry that, you know, your relationship wouldn't be as great as it could be, right? Like, yeah. it, it, you, you had this, like, concern that, like, you'd kind of be sitting on the sidelines. Well, this was something that came yeah. unexpectedly, too, right? Because I, I, if I recall right, like, it was something where you two had, it hadn't gone particularly well. Or like it had gone well and the second time it hadn't gone particularly well, but there had been some experience there that hadn't gone particularly well. And then we thought we were on pause. And then like, Brandon, you kind of met somebody out of the blue, right? Like it was, it was I a did. spot where you two were, it wasn't really a, a spot where you two were like planned, like, yeah, we're, we're approaching the non-monogamy thing again. Yeah. I just kind of randomly met someone like living life and, you know, we were not actively looking. We hadn't even had those conversations in a very long time. So it kind of, it, it shook things up a lot. So how did, how did it most shake things up? Like when you brought that back, you're like, Hey, like I met this guy, he's amazing. Yeah. And it was just kind of, I mean, of course it was like the shock because I, I think we were both under kind of different ideas. You know, David thought that, okay, we're done with all of that. Like that's it. And I was more of the like, okay, well not now, but maybe someday if the right person comes along, you know, so on and so forth. And of course, it's in the middle of a pandemic. And then I meet someone just in random life that I just clicked with really, really well. So not only am I coming to him again with non-monogamy, but I'm also, oh, by the way, I've already met someone and and it's in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) when it makes dating and all those other things exceptionally challenging. And what was like the reaction that you got when you brought that back? Oh, it wasn't good. It was that fake. It was not good. There were a lot of hurt feelings and 
tons and tons of conversations that felt like we just got caught in a constant loop. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it was a constant loop of the same things over and over every single day. You know, the tears, the frustration, the, all of those things. And we were just stuck. I mean, that went on for gosh, six weeks or so, two months Mm -hmm. almost before we were like, okay, we need help. We really need help. With the stuckness, like what, what kind of like challenges was that causing day to day? Cause that stuckness always kind of brings a, always kind of brings a sense of challenges with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just, it kind of felt like we were coexisting and, you know, so it, it definitely hurt our relationship, which we've always had a pretty good relationship. Um, and, and of course, you know, juggling like two young kids when you're both exhausted and tired and you've, you know, spent all of your free time talking about the exact same thing and making zero progress on it. It's just exhausting. And, and Dave, what did you feel like you were most stuck on? Where you two were kind of like reapproaching, 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 reapproaching. I don't know. In, in the time, at the moment, I just kept saying things like, I didn't think it would work for me. I didn't see um, it really with the area that we live in, there being a whole lot of people who would actually be interested in dating a married person. But I don't know, kind of looking back on it now, like, I guess I just never had been really much in the situation where I was excited to, to, be around someone else as much as I was to be around Brandy. And, and it, it kind of took that, I guess, for me to see like, okay, I can have this excitement for someone else and it not affect the way I feel about Brandy in the least bit. Like um, it's not a, a zero sum game where like one person win winning means the other person has to lose or something like that. So it kind of took me getting that experience, I guess, to feel better about everything. And like with, with Brandy, like with the stuckness, right? Like at, at that point, you know, where you were getting to that point of, of, of deciding you needed to do something else. What was the worry about where that was going? I mean, it was one of those things, you know, of course I was worried about losing, you know, this new relationship that, you know, I was very excited about, but I was also, it's one of those things that once I let that, you know, unleashed that cat out of the bag like I couldn't just take it back in and I was really worried about how that was going to affect us for the long term I kind of reapproaching all those things of oh I've also you know met someone who I want to date and all these other things like I can't just take those conversations back and you know pretend they didn't happen um, so no matter what we were going to have to work through it was it a thing for you where like um you you knew that whether it was with this new person or not, that you were going to like the nominogamy was still something that was like very much there for you that you're going to have to have to figure out. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of had felt that that was just really who I was, that that was just kind of part of my personality, whether or not, you know, that that person was there or not, there could always be someone else in the future that I would have feelings for. So that was, that was definitely a struggle. And, you know, David felt very much that he was very much a monogamist and one way or the other, we were going to have to work through this and figure out something that would work for both of us. 
One thing that's so interesting about what you're saying, and it's not the first time we've heard that, right? That like, you know, we had, I, I was on a call with somebody a long time ago and it, it's become like a running thing here. Although now I can't remember the name of the person. Um, somebody became a client, wasn't it? Oh God, I can't remember. But, you know, I was talking to somebody and um, there was this whole, it was this whole idea of like somebody they were dating, right? And it was the same kind of thing where it was, um, uh, you know, like they, they'd met somebody and they wanted that relationship to continue, but they were like, but even if it doesn't, that's not the problem. The problem is, I, I, I don't remember the name, but say it was Julie, right? The problem isn't them. It's there's going to be another hundred Julies over the next 40 years. <laughs> How are we going to deal with this then? And I was like, you know, that's a really, really good point that you bring up, right? Because it's not, it's not, you know, as much as we may want to keep that, like that, that newer relationship so many times, it's not about that. It's about the fact that we're still going to have to sort this out regardless, Right. And that, that's really kind of the place you yeah. two were in because it was that from your end, David, I think it was like, oh, crap, we really are still talking about nominati <laughs> after all this. Time. And David, like, how was that for you? Like, how was that like day to day back and forth on that and trying to sort that out? How is that like most kind of impacting you just day to day going through towards the end of it? I mean, it was it was just kind of exhausting because both like mentally and physically, because, you know, we had all these other responsibilities and then so we would never actually get to talk about this until late at night and after the kids are in bed of course it'd be late night conversations where we'd still have to get up you know early the next morning so it was physically exhausting that way and it was just mentally exhausting because i mean we we just we stayed in the same spot for, we had the same conversation probably two dozen times. Like we just, <laughs> that's an underestimate. You probably. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that just, that just going to wear anybody down. Like uh, you, you both have <laughs> valid views and I don't know, you're just not really getting anywhere. So it, it uh, just tiring. That's what I remember yeah. most about those two months was how tiring it was. And what was like that worry for you, David? Like if you didn't get this fixed and you couldn't come to like um, some kind of middle ground on it, what was the fear there? Well, the fear was like there wasn't really a middle ground to get to. <laughs> I mean, it kind of felt like, you know, you either do this or you don't. It's a it's a binary thing. Um, the, I'd see it now, especially after working with you guys for a lot. There's a lot more gray area involved in this than I had originally understood. but. Um, I guess the worry was how it would impact us. Like, I didn't want it to affect our, like Brandy said, I mean, we've, I mean, I feel like we've had a really good relationship for a really long time. Like we've never been one to couple to argue or, or bicker no. with each other or, you know, the chores have never once been an issue for us. So I don't know. We, we've just always had a really good relationship and I just didn't want that to end or be altered in some way. And what was like, and I remember for you, David, there was really like, um, like part of that really big driver for change. It was this whole conversation we had right around like how you two had built like this amazing life together. And you'd done a lot of, there had been a lot of, a lot of background work to get for you two to get to the point where you were. Right. And then there was really this feeling that like, and now that you two have finally built your life to this point, like now Brandy wants to go have fun somewhere else. 
right? Yeah. That, I mean, that, which is, that's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, that feeling that way, right? But could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I remember for you, that was a really, really big driver. That was a really big part of the conversation. Yeah, it, it was. It, um, like I said, we've been to high school together. We, we went to college together. Um, I helped get her through medical school and, and residency is when, when she was in residency, that's when we had our kids. So I like, you know, was working a couple of different jobs and raising the kids while, so she could go off and work, you know, hundred plus hours a week. It wasn't like, I felt like she owed me anything by any means. It was just, you know, it was kind of like we had gone through so much together and worked so hard to, to finally get to this point. And it, I don't know. It kind of felt a little weird just being like, Hey, we finally get time to spend together, but instead of spending my time with you, I want to go spend it over here with Bob. So um, it was a little hard for me to get past and see that, but you know, we, we had a lot of conversations about that and talked about a lot about the difference between quality time versus the quantity of time and things like that. That helped. And I think that's a big thing for folks who have been together for a long time, right? And you were like, not that like Randy owed me anything and, and absolutely not. But this idea of like, you know, we've worked so hard to get here. And now the last thing I want to do is lose that, right? Is to not be able to to kind of have the fruits of the labor of like the life that we mm-hmm. felt. You know, we we work with a lot of folks who have been together, you know, who have been together since high school or like right out of college. And there's this fear that like we've gone through all of this stuff, like building our careers, building a family, doing all this stuff. And like the last thing I want to do is, is lose that. Right. Especially if this is something that maybe, you know, in in your case, David, where it's like, this isn't a driving force for me right now. Like I don't have to be non-monogamous. It can make be really, really scary um, to think about losing all of those opportunities because something goes wrong. So I, I totally get you. We get a lot of people that we yeah, talk that's really to common. who are going through the same exact thing. It's been like you've invested, right? Like, I mean, you've invested in, in the relationship and you've invested with the, the idea of it getting to a certain place and of getting, getting a certain benefit. Okay. Look, I'll, 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 this is my own dirty little secret here, right? Like I'll share, right? Um, you, you all know, like anybody who's, who's like listened to us or listen to the podcast knows we have the, we have the lion now, right? She's like a year old. I love her to death, <laughs> but I was not thrilled about that. Right. Initially. And, and part of the reason, and it gets to exactly what you're saying is Cassie and I have had, we have the older child, right? I mean, we've had a kid in our lives basically the whole time that we've been together. Not basically the entire time. The entire time. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know how deep we were going in. The, the entire time. time we've been together. Right. Um, and, you know, like for me, a big part of that was like, okay, well, I'm going to invest this up front, you know, having, having a kid involved in my relationship, like maybe much younger of a relationship than would have been ideal. Right. And, and not get to like, you know, go out and do all the fun things with Cassie, but on the back end of that, right. Like we'll be like in our early thirties and we won't have any kids in the house. And when that doesn't go the way that you've been thinking of it for all those years, right. It, it does. It gets, you know what I mean? So there's definitely nothing wrong with that. A lot of people are in those shoes right? It, it, it's the difference between an expectation and like, 
almost an agreement in a way sometimes, right? Like, like, cause you know, like we have the same goals, like we're working towards the same thing, which isn't to say you broke an agreement, Brandy. I don't mean that by any means, but what I'm saying yeah. is there's kind of like this tacit agreement, right? Of like, this is what we're working towards. And then we get there and, and we don't have that expectation. Right. And not, not going to be rears its head for a lot of people that way. We're like, Oh, we've been together years and now we have to address the reality that somebody has figured out they're not monogamous and we've got to work that into the plan. And that was not there before. That's right. What I was gonna say. It has to be worked into the plan. I tell you the other thing that's so cool is watching you two sitting here now they're talking about this and how on the same team you two are in the way that you're approaching this. Cause that was not always the case earlier on. Right. It's, it's, it's really cool to, it's really cool to see. Um, Brandy, for you, I know that was like David's, you know, like one of David's like real kind of hidden motivators there, right? But for you, like what was like the, what was that like, that reason that like, you know, you really want to do this that like would benefit you? Because I know there was a lot of reasons you wanted that would benefit your two's relationship, right? But what was the thing you really wanted to get out of like solving the problems for yourself? I mean, for me, you know, like I said, like the motivations to help with that was kind of obvious, but I also wanted to make sure that I was doing everything that I could to protect our relationship as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge motivator for me. Definitely. With, with you, like, how did you wind up finding us? It was, there was some, some interesting story here. And like, didn't you like one of your old partners point you to our podcast or something at yes. some point? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I didn't know that part. Oh, no? no. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're still, yeah, we're still really good, good friends. friends like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. Had that been something she'd pointed you to like earlier on? Or was that something that she pointed you to like when you two were having challenges? When we were having challenges. Yeah. That's awesome. And what kind of like made you decide to actually, what was the thing that actually made you two decide to, to talk? And like set up a call. It was just, <laughs> yeah, we were stuck in that loop. Um, you know, I had surgery, so I was going to be home. And we're like, you know what? We have absolutely nothing to lose by, you know, making a call and we'll just see what happens. Actually, it's one of y'all's podcasts I listened to where you went through like all of the reasons to do um, the the course with you guys. And like mm. I three or four of them that you mentioned, like hit the nail on the head for me. So I was like, okay, yeah, we have to do this. So <laughs> yeah, I was out walking the dog and came back and told Brandy, I was like, I want to, I want to give this a shot. It's awesome. What were the, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. What were, what were the ones that hit it on the head for you? If you remember just a couple of them. Well, one of the big ones that you talked about was, um, the exactly our scenario where we had tried this out before and it just went so horribly um for i think both of us mostly me at least or yeah more, more me um and i don't know you, you guys have made some really good points about that and how we could work on making it better and easier and i think the the other one that i'm remembering off the top of my head was was something about how is at least I had to be like open to the possibility that um, this could be better or work out long term, you know, where we're both happier than we would be if we stayed in a monogamous relationship. So I didn't, I'd, I don't know. I don't know if I before then, if I'd really actually opened up to that possibility or wanted to admit that that was a possibility. <laughs> 
That's a huge distinction, right? Because I mean, it's, it's, and I don't remember if, if we had, you know, if, if we had this conversation, but it really boils down to those three options when you're in those shoes, right? Of like, okay, like clearly at this point, the non-monogamy is not going away on Brandy's end, right? Like we thought it was gone, but it's not. And it's, 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 but no, I mean, the three options are like, do we break yeah. up? Do we sit on it and let it blow up? Because it will eventually, right? Like that's not something you can shove down forever. Or do we try and sort it out? Right. And you two made the decision to try and sort it out. That's really the important piece of it. Anything you want to throw in? No. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd be interested in them sharing like where they're at now. Well, yeah. So first off, when you two were like deciding to do this, not to do this, right. Um, you know, we were talking and you two were talking and, and trying to decide to do this, not to do this. What was the, like, I guess, what was the biggest concern for you too, as far as like worrying about stuff not working or, or that kind of thing? Like the biggest, like, ah, should we really do this? Should we really make this decision? I think it was just that same fear of this going poorly, like very poorly again and having a lot of hurt feelings and, and stuff all over again. That was kind of the big fear. And that's a really common fear, obviously. Once you made the decision, though, and you started, like, you got in, you really started working on stuff, right? What were, like, some of the changes you noticed immediately, even just, like, making that decision, hopping in, like, the first week or two worth of work uh, and starting to, to work on making some changes between you two? Like, what were some of the first things you two noticed differently about your relationship? So, I think communication was a huge improvement pretty early on. I mean, we still had to have a lot of really challenging conversations um, after that, but we at least tried to have them in a more productive way. And we were able to get out of that loop, you know, of the same exact thing, every single conversation. Yeah. And one of the things, and we mentioned it earlier on that I, I just love seeing how you showed up is right out the gate. You're both like, okay, we're going to approach this as a team, whether or not we can see things the same way we're approaching. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, we always can tell when David gets uncomfortable because he gets real quiet and he just kind of lifts his eyebrows. (laughs) And there's a couple of those conversations, (laughs) right. Um, especially early on, but you know, the two of you took the things that we gave you right out the gate and started having some of those conversations. And a big thing wasn't avoiding them, right? It was diving right in and being like, okay, we've got some stuff. We're going to have these conversations and we're going to work at them as a team, even if we end up having to have more challenging conversations. I know some of the things that I had you celebrate, you know, because I had to nudge you a little bit on celebrating, right? Was things would come in like, we had this really, you know, this really hard conversation, but it went well. Like, and I just remembered a lot of your, your celebrating of the two of you's accomplishments went, we had a hard conversation, but it went well. We're still working things out, but it went well, right? So even when yeah. things weren't solved, they were going really well with you. So just watching the two of you like dive in, like right out the gate as a team was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So watching you two as a team. <laughs> right. And so kind of, and, and what, what's something I'm curious if there was something, there's not always, but what was like something going through that we told you to do that you were like, that is ridiculous. And then you tried it anyways. Yeah. I can't think of anything I'm pretty, pretty open to <laughs> open to trying things. Turns out <laughs> there doesn't have to be. 
There doesn't have to be. Yeah. It's funny. We, we actually yeah. don't get as many answers to that question as I, as I expect. So a lot of times we talk to people, they're like, nothing. Like we got in and then it made sense. They're like, oh, okay. Well, that was. Yeah. I think, I think what we get a lot is at first it didn't make sense, but I did it anyway. And then it made a lot of sense. Like I've had a lot of those. <laughs> too. <laughs> I didn't quite get it at the time, but then it made perfect sense. So yeah. where, where are you two at now? How have things changed for you two? Uh, you graduated here recently. You two are, like I said, just like quietly successful the whole time, right? Um, and that is something I want to commend you to. And I know Cassie mentioned it, but you two did really do an amazing job showing up as a team, right? Which is, is you know, everybody's got their own their own particular struggles and their own particular things that they 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 make work really well. Um, but you two do have have done an amazing job showing up as a team, like the entire time. Um, so just like kudos points to you both. Um, and, and, and approaching this as like, this is a situation that we're both in that neither <laughs> of us really plan to be in, but life's thrown us this and we're going to make it work. I feel right. like our entire relationship through college and medical school and kids and everything else. Exactly. And this is another kind of the same thing, right? Um, it's just, it, it, it a lot of times is more outside of people's zone of being able to handle themselves, but it still is. And this is a hard thing for a lot of people to get. And that's what I, I loved. One thing I loved about you too, is you two internalize it pretty easily, right? Is that when we're in a situation where we've been together for a while and one person discovers they're non-monogamous, right? And now we're changing the agreements. We're changing the way we've done things. We're changing, like we said, David, that, that idea of what the future looks like. So often, it's really easy and pretty much everybody is at least at first where like, we feel like we're, we're butting heads, like we're fighting for what we need and we're fighting against each other to get that. But the truth of the matter is it's just another situation that life threw us that we didn't expect. <laughs> right. And when people can get into that, that, that understanding of it, it makes change a lot easier. Like you still need to know how to do the change, but it makes that change much, much easier. And like I said, you two picked that up really, really, like really quick that, that on the same team. Thanks. So that was amazing. Um, but yeah, like what are some of the biggest changes you two have noticed at this point from where you started? Cause we've gotten to see them. I don't know, uh, Josh, you might remember this on our initial call. I mentioned, you know, like I really didn't think non-monogamy was going to be for me, but like ethically, I don't see any reason you shouldn't do that, right? Like if everybody's consenting and everybody likes it, then that's fine. So like that part was never really a barrier for me. It was, I don't know, I guess I just never really thought um, I would, uh, I don't know, date a whole lot or have a whole lot of, um, find a whole lot of people that I would be interested in. And I don't know when, when I finally did find someone, it just, I don't know. It, it made all the things, it's like everything clicked into place. It made all the things that Brandy was asking for obvious. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I actually would want to be asking for the same things too. Like, um, yeah, I want to go be able to see her twice a week, like at least. And like the thing I, I think that the course helped me the most with was feeling comfortable enough to actually try to get out there and see what, what, uh, what was possible or, or what I could find. And, uh, just make, made me feel better about, about doing that as well as knowing that nothing's going to change between 
Brandy and me. It was just, you know, that's always going to be there. So, yeah, I can uh, take my time, I guess. <laughs> I think the the big takeaway that I saw, particularly for you, David, was that confidence aspect, right? And it wasn't just confidence in yourself and your own ability to like date, not to have FOMO, right? But like confidence in your relationship with Brandy, confidence that we could have changes and do things and and regroup, right? Like it didn't have to be this like earth shattering thing. It can be something where the two of you can continue to grow together and build that confidence. But you said it took you going out. So you have dated since going through. How's that going? Uh, really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. And she's great. I mean, she's hung out with us. You know, she's got a daughter like the same age as our kids. They love to play together. Um, and it, it just feels really natural. That's awesome. And Brandy, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen, you know, for yourself and then between you two? It's nice to feel comfortable. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Comfortable in our relationship, comfortable um, you know, that I can also have, you know, my real, my other relationship as well. And that I'm able to balance those things and that we can talk about our partners with each other. That's not, you know, weird at all or anything like that. And we, of course, still make sure that we do stuff together too. Um, so I'm, I'm happy overall, very happy. And wait, you mean that those, those conversations that you two were stuck on for months, they're gone. They're totally gone. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been the best part of that for you, Brandy? Having that gone, like being able to be yourself, right? Which I know is the, the big concern. Like what's the best part of that been for you? Well, I mean, we're so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we actually can use like our time now instead of, you know, talking about the same, the same thing over and over and over. We can actually use our time together to enjoy each other's company instead of being stuck in an endless loop because there for the long time, it felt like all of our time together was spent just doing this. We had zero quality time. And even though now we, you know, each have a partner that we, you know, spend a pretty fair amount of time with, we actually have more time with each other than we did before too. It's awesome. So. That's awesome. And David, you know, it's so funny because I like David was just nonchalantly like, you know, and I know we're solid now and like, that's going to be fine. And that's cool. And just, just, just kind (laughs) of, I just, I just want to like pull this back out again here. Cause um, I I mean that, that, like I said, for you, that whole, like, you know, like, like what, what are we going to like, you know, are we going to be able to take advantage of all these opportunities together at this point? Like that was, that was really that, that big thing, I think in the background for you. Right. And and where are you at with that now? Like, what are your feelings on that now about you and Randy being able to take advantage of your opportunities and your relationship? Uh, I think we're going to be able to do that better than ever. Like, um, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's not going to be a struggle at all. Or, I mean, it's not something I need to worry about whether that's going to happen or not. I feel like it is. So um, we're making plans to, you know, do the things we've always talked about our whole lives. So. I know there's like an Egypt chip uh, somewhere in there. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And the kids are a little older, but. That's awesome. Like I said, it, it's been amazing watching you two just kind of show up and, and like be on the same team. Right. And and what I love is really, 
you know, at the end of the day, what I'm hearing you say, and I think this was really, if I had to like kind of stretch out one goal for you, right. That I think you two were coming in with just from, from the discussions and the discussion we've had here. I mean, it was really to get through this, right. And get back to, in spite of having this come up, like get to where everybody's able to be authentic, but get back to having that relationship that you two had. Right. Because like you said, like you two, you two weren't people who um, were necessarily facing a ton of challenges in your own relationship before non-monogamy. Well, you right. were when during the period of non-monogamy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you weren't. And then when the non-monogamy came up again, but you weren't like in a spot where like besides non-monogamy, you two were having a lot of challenges, right? And kind of what I've heard mm-hmm. you saying is that that the real goal for you, the, the deep down goal was to be able to keep your relationship where you want it, even while... Randy, you were able to be authentic and and be yourself. Like, do you feel like you two have gotten to that point? Absolutely. Yeah, no question. It's awesome. What do you want to stack? Just as we said before, watching the two of you grow. And I, I, I have to say, I've enjoyed seeing the dynamic between the two of you. You know, the, you know, when we had our coaching calls, things like that, just, showing up and being giddy and flirting and cheering each other on, um, always, always willing to throw each other positively in front of the bus to kind of give each other a little push. Um, and just watching that, that momentum that the two of you have had this whole time after making that decision to tackle this together and figure it out has just been awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And just a couple things I want to pull out, right. Cause really at the end of the day, these, 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 um, case studies, these interviews are, are like teaching tools for people, right? And there's there's two things I think are really important that have kind of come up through this um, for you two, which is number one, you know, I'm going to broad stroke this a little bit, but you can go into trying to do non-monogamy in a perfectly good place and have that still be something that causes a lot of trouble for you, right? And, you know, we work with all different kinds of clients and and some people, their poly is perfectly fine. It's the rest of their relationship that's a problem, right? Some people are, are, are newer to non-monogamy. Some people are, are in the shoes you were in where, you know, their relationship has been fine until the non-monogamy becomes a thing. And then that strains the relationship, right? But, you know, you, you, you two are a really great example of, you know, when you're in a spot, it doesn't matter how good your relationship is, how many ducks you have in a row, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's the life problems going on that are, are like affecting our ability to get through this. Like, no, like when, when you, you've been, you know, doing a relationship for how long did you say you two had been together before you came here? Like 16, 17 years, 19 years, 19, 19 years. Yeah. And you'd been like 15, 16 years before even approaching the non-monogamy, right? Um, yeah. 16. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're trying to be like, Hey, like, you know, the way we've done our relationships, literally our entire adult lives and literally the entire length of time in 15 years, we're just going to turn that on its head and do it completely different. Right. That's something that's difficult for a lot of people. It doesn't matter how good their relationships are. It doesn't matter how many ducks they have in a row, like life wise, right? Like that can be a thing that's really, truly difficult to get through. Right. I just want to point that out because I think so many people, and this is one place I, I, I do think we kind of tend to eat our own sometimes as a community, right? Is this like, oh, like if it's not easy, there's just something wrong with you or your relationship. You're just not cut out for it, right? And it should, like, I don't know who came up with the idea that flipping the way you've done relationships your whole life is an easy thing, but it's not for most people, right? Like it's just not. Um, So that's one thing. Uh, But then the other thing, like I said, that I think is, is is just so important is like, you know, the thing about you two 
that, that's really critical when anybody's in that situation that you did is like I said, like you got three choices at that point, right? Like we've been together 19 years, the rules are changing. Like, you know, Brandy, like you said, like you're in a spot where this isn't a one person problem. Like this is who you are as a person, right? And you're not going to be able to be happy, like shoving that in a box. And maybe you can do that for a while, but eventually it's going to, it's going to come out somehow. Right. Yeah. And you have those three choices. Like I said, like, do we break up? Do we sit on it? Right. And do we fix it? And, and, you know, what's great about you too is, is you, your demonstration is what happens when you make that decision that fixing it is the priority, like staying together, making your relationship work is the priority. And then of approaching that as a team, right? Cause that's, that's what it takes yeah. to me through that. Um, so like I said, it's not easy, right? Like it takes, it takes approaching it as a team. It takes above all making that decision. And for most people, it takes help to navigate through, right? Cause again, I don't, I don't know who came up with that idea that it's easy. It gives me a freaking migraine. I, I don't, I can't tell Nothing you how many worth people doing is easy. <laughs> yes. No, not at all. That's yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. It's a really good way to put it. But you two have been amazing and we're going to keep seeing you because you're going to keep coming to momentum. Right. So Thank you all so much. Keep seeing things. Watch. Yeah, no, yeah. of course. And just, uh, you know, uh, last question for you two, you know, if, 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 and maybe I should ask this before I pulled out the lessons for people and kind of, I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I've set the answers up here now, but I don't care. Say whatever you want. Like, <laughs> Um, you know, like if you have anybody who's in your shoes, like where they're, they've been in a relationship long-term and one person's discovered their non-monogamous and they're trying to navigate that and it's not going well. Like, what is it that you tell them? I mean, I've definitely mentioned, you know, how much help we've had here um, in terms of, in terms of our communication and honestly, just that that's really what it takes to, to communicate better, to communicate more clearly and to to actually have the hard conversations instead of dancing around them. Um, and that you actually have to have the conversations about the agreements that you want to make and the boundaries that you need to set for yourself. Um, that those are things that while it's much easier to, to ignore those really, really challenging topics, you just can't if you want to have a successful relationship with your partner or and to have a successful you know, non-monogamy lifestyle. I guess for me, I I can only speak for the perspective of maybe the partner who didn't want to be non-monogamous to begin with. Um, Like for me, the things that worked were going through and like having those, those hard conversations with Brandy, like she said, but that the reason for that was it got me to the point where I felt really comfortable with our relationship. So whether I was going to be, non-monogamous or not, we were still going to be good, right? Like I, I got to the point where I said, I told her one time, I was like, I finally realized, you know, nobody's going to mess up our relationship, but us. Um, mm. And so that getting to that point was a, a really big deal. And it, it helped, you know, open up pretty much everything else. And the other thing would be just to, you know, if, if you are that person, the the partner who, thinks they're monogamous and you're, you know, maybe just think about the possibility of non-monogamy. That doesn't mean you have to do it, but it's at least um, something that, that could make your life better, or at least, you know, you could be happy doing that. I think, I think actually Josh might have said this once on a podcast, right? Like, like, could I be happy with Brandy 
being monogamous for the rest of my life. Absolutely. That wouldn't be hard at all, but I could also be in a great relationship with Brandy and other people and be even happier. So we do see that occasionally, right? With a monogamous person realizes by the end of it, like maybe not so much. Maybe and sometimes they do. It, it really depends <laughs> on the person, right? Yeah. That's a great distinction. What you said about nobody's going to mess up our relationship by us because it's so true. Right. And like, you know, like a huge fear for people. So often like somebody's gonna like take their partner away. Nobody can take your partner away. Now, what can happen is your partner cannot know how to navigate that new relationship and they can take themselves away. <laughs> right. Or you and your partner could drive each other away, but nobody's gonna take that person away. Right. And that that's such a huge distinction. Nobody's gonna mess up your relationship but us. And one more lesson I'll pull out from people from you too, as well, actually, is uh never assume that the conversation is over if if you don't actually know that it is. And, and we see this a lot of times, right? Where, where when people are, uh, you know, like they've had these discussions and stuff hasn't gone well and they kind of back off and sit on it. And so often there really is a different idea between the, the more monogamous person, the less monogamous person, like of what the future of that actually looks like. And then sometimes things come up unexpectedly. Right. So the other lesson I'd pull out just for people here is, um, you know, make sure that if that's what you think is going on, you actually have the discussion and that's actually what's going on. Because a lot of times you can be on different pages about that and you don't find out until something pops off. Right. And now it's a problem and you, you, you could have, it would have been much easier to address. Like even for you two, like you two did amazing, but even so it would have been even easier to address, you know, if this had been something before you met somebody else, Brandy. Right. Yeah. So um, just, just a thought there as well, but you two have been amazing. If anybody's in the same shoes and they want to talk about <laughs> how to, how to make the same thing happen, uh, we're happy to chat with you. Go to a touch forward slash talk. And we can, we'll put a link in the, the post and we can, um, we can chat and, and, you know, get a feel for where you're at and what, what's going on. If we might be able to help you, but definitely do that. And like I said, you two, it's been, it's been amazing seeing you two watching you grow. I look forward to, to many, hear many more amazing stories from you too. And thank you for coming on and sharing your story for other folks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you all so much for everything. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. Can you imagine how long these numbers are going to be if we ever get up to 1,000? Episode 1,142. Wow. <laughs>